0: Sports with Ben Gretel on ESPN 960 and 94.5 FM. And it's time for the Cougar Beat. Getting the dish from the local reporters that cover BYU sports here on your Cougar Sports Insider Radio Network. Welcome back, Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. This is Cougar Country on Ben Gretel broadcasting live from our Les Schwab Tire Studios, Les Schwab.com. Take advantage of all the deals right now, Les Schwab, They have A multitude of locations along the Wasatch Front. You can save up to $250 right now when you buy a set of four select tires. They have local access, world-class quality, hardworking employees who love what they do, best-in-business warranty and financing options. Stop by and take advantage of the ESPN 960 deals. Mention ESPN 960 for VIP discounts, VIP service. G-Man by my side. It is time for a Cougar Beat. Going to be brought to you by Tippanogas Hiking, com. Many of you guys are working way too hard, and uh, you're not getting any rest You need to uh, now rest, I mean, uh, rest from work. What you really need to do is escape the noise of work and get out into the Wasatch Front and make sure you're geared up with Timpanogos Hiking Apparel and gear. Uh, Great boots, great shirts, hoodies, hats, beanies, and much more. Timpanogos Hiking Company is the place, the one-stop shop for all your hiking needs. 252 North University Avenue. That's 252 North University Avenue in Provo, in the heart of Provo. Utilize that ESPN 960 discount. Just mention ESPN 960 when you get in There. Uh, you're going to get discounts. You're going to get VIP products and service. Uh, mention my name or ESPN 960 to be taken care of. Let's get out to the uh, Time Pub and Grub Hotline. Welcome in Sean Walker, KSL.com. I believe he's live from Big 12 Basketball Media Days. What's up, Sean? How are you?
1: Live from the city of Kansas, the Missouri one, not the Kansas one, but the Kansas City, not Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri. That is live at the big 12 tip off, how you doing ben
0: doing awesome appreciate you joining us sean give us a synopsis how's it gone thus far what's occurred all the news and notes coming out of big 12 media days
1: yeah so uh big 12 conference actually uh did everybody a solid i guess they brought in uh commissioner brett yormark to uh speak to the media talk a little bit little big 12 hoops he touched a little bit on expansion not very much he talked a lot about scheduling uh, and he did it on the day that everybody wanted to be here, which was to talk to the women's basketball coaches' room, right? Oh no, that's probably that's that's
0: just me, probably. Um, no, always so making that's, that's jokes, Sean. Always, always, always making the jokes.
1: That's that's all we've got today. Though we've got women's basketball players and coaches: uh, Amber Whiting, Lauren Gustin, et al., Kaylee Smiler. I think uh, they're all here representing BYU Smiler's and other BYU women's
0: Smiley's a baller. Yeah. Watch out! We are—we're all hyped about Amari Whiting. We love ourselves some Lauren Gustin. We got her back mm-hmm. after she entered the portal. Mm-hmm. The Smiley's, Smiley's going to be balling. Just watch, like Shaylee Gonzalez reemerging from Lone Peak. Boom, baby! Scoring buckets—that's all she is. She's a walking bucket. Anyway, continue, Sean. I—I I, I just had to go oh. off a little bit.
1: Uh, Shaylee Gonzalez also here representing her new school, Texas, in her uh, final season of the Big 12. She is here. Um, so, uh, that's also a little bit of fun. There have been no fights. Horns down.
0: Horns down. Yeah.
1: Contrary to popular opinion, there have been no fights between Shaylee Gonzalez and her former team at the Big Club Tip Off in Kansas City, Missouri. I can confirm there have been zero fights.
0: No fights.
1: No fighting. Yeah, no fights. Okay, that's good. Awesome.
0: Sean Walker, com, live from Big 12 Media Days. Uh, Sean, as far as Ken Palm rating is concerned, and I, I, I've looked at Evan Miyakawa's, I, I want to talk, I want to kind of revert to uh, mm-hmm. some BYU men's hoops just for a moment, m- for yes, a moment here. Yeah. I feel like Ken Palm combined with Evan Miyakawa, the returning production, the scoring production for, for BYU basketball, it's kind of setting us up for, Higher expectations than maybe we should have. Everybody is liking BYU's roster right now. I don't know how you feel about it. Where's your level of optimism heading in BYU or Big Twelve year one BYU basketball?
1: Well, if you're a fan of consistency and you're a fan of teams gelling together and gluing together and just taking another year to come together to gel into one, then I think you've got to really like this BYU basketball roster because it is it is just it is just that. Like, Ken Palm, like, all the Ken metrics are out there. Uh, Evan Miazawa had that, that article that you referenced a little bit earlier. Um, there's some really good stuff in the college basketball almanac earlier this week as well about just the amount of returning production from this BYU team, uh, 80-something percent in, in terms of total points, uh, even more in terms of rebounds. Obviously, the primary rebounder for Sammy triori, but part of that. Um, and so everything coming back, like, you 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 almost have to like – how much is coming back? If you liked what BYU basketball was last year, now for those who didn't like what BYU basketball was last year, there there are uh, are two different arguments that you can make. One of them is: Do you want all of that production coming back and going from you know a middling team in the WCC to the Pest college basketball conference in America in the Big Twelve? Sorry to fans of the Big East, but it's the Big Twelve. Sorry, I apologize. Um, or on the flip side, what were the holes in that basket, that BYU roster? And did Mark Pope adequately address them through recruiting, through the transfer portal, through whatever it was? Um, and on that end, I, I think you can honestly say that while the changes were pretty minor, pretty minimal, I, I shouldn't say minor, but pretty minimal, only two players from the transfer portal plus another one in uh, Mark Adams Jr., who may or may not be eligible to force our freshman out in Narbonne, California, um, I I. I think Pope did pull the right string in bringing in Charlotte Center, Ali Khalifa, a friend of the program, uh, UC Irvine scoring wing, Dawson Baker. Like, those were exactly the two types of players that BYU lacked last year. They needed a versatile big man. Uh, Mark Pope is called Ali Khalifa. The, I, I think the exact words are the best passing big in the country. Um, and then somebody like Dustin Baker, who's been creating his own shots since he was like 14 years old certainly can't hurt this team so do I expect this team to finish above where the coaches picked them in the big 12 in the preseason poll uh which was 13th out of 14 teams yeah maybe I mean I I think it's okay to expect a little bit more out of that I don't know how much more than that did
0: we lose them
1: certainly finish above 13 in the conference
0: uh, we lost you there for a second, Sean. Sean Walker, KSL.com, by my side, talking some Big 12 basketball here on your Cougar Sports Insider Radio Network, ESPN 960. Sean, let's, uh, let's talk some uh, uh the expectations for BYU women's basketball because, after all, we are talking women's hoops mm-hmm. hoop today as well. How much higher are our expectations for women's hoops this year than uh, maybe men's hoops?
1: Officially, if you go by the coach's preseason poll, not much. Amber Whiting coming into her second season with this team, rebuilding the roster in a lot of ways. She brought in uh, five freshmen and two transfer players. Really didn't return a whole lot of overall production, except for, like we mentioned before, the machine, Lauren Gustin, maybe your most important returning player. Uh, and obviously a couple other players, Kaylee Smiler, um, uh, Ariel Mackie-Williams, Nani Falatea, the, probably the starting point guard. Um, so obviously there's some important production coming back but there are also a whole lot of new faces. And I think because of that, coaches were a little bit down or a little bit questioning is probably a better word to use about what this BYU basketball team is going to look like. They know how good Lauren Dustin is. Uh, they gave her tons of props in the preseason. But a lot of this BYU roster is very untested, especially when it comes to the caliber and the quality of play of Big 12 competition. So coaches picked them to finish 11th. I think they're going to be a little bit better than 11. I think they're in the top 10 team in the 14-team Big 12. Um, again, I'm not picking them to go out and be the Texas or a Kansas that I think is picked third. Uh, Baylor was picked up there. I'm not necessarily picking them above some of the top teams in the league, but I think they can finish better than that el- number 11 mark
0: that the coaches have them the preseason.
2: Sean, I, I hesitate to move over to men's basketball, but I, but I think... We've
0: been going back and forth anyways. Yes. No, let's go back. Let's go back.
2: Let's do it. Uh, the, the men's basketball team. I, I, I think yours truly, a lot of people, it's just like, well, just bear down the hatches, see where it goes. Maybe a good win will come here and there. But it, 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 it's going to be a waxing. Uh, <laughs> what's a realistic... Tell me I'm wrong on that, and, and what's a a realistic outlook for this team? What's like the best case scenario you can envision for this BYU basketball team uh, considering what's ahead?
1: Yeah, I wrote the other day when I was, I was just rounding up some preseason predictions and the, the preseason coaches poll and a couple of other big club media polls that were out there and whatnot. Um, I, I wrote the other day that, that maybe there hasn't been a BYU men's basketball team that has had lower expectations since, I don't know, like Dave Rose took over the program uh, since that that sub-10 win season in uh, Steve Cleveland's final year. Maybe since the one-win campaign that finished with the late great Tony Engel in charge. Like You've got to go back to find lower expectations in terms of preseason expectations for this BYU men's basketball. But I don't necessarily think that's a fact. Here's the thing that I think BYU fans do have to kind of wrap their head around, and it may take them a little bit to it may take some of them a little bit to realize this Gurney. is, is is this could be a, this could be a BYU program that finishes with about the same number of wins as they did last year in the WCC. They were, they were a 19 win team last year and they're finally in the West Coast conference, which wasn't great in the WCC, right? But 19 wins in the big 12 means they're probably going to get somewhere between five and eight uh, big 12 wins. And I would consider that a a significant success in the first year in the league. I mean, this is going to be an absolutely brutal dogfight, night in and night out. And there are going to be teams in this new Big 12. I don't know if it happens this year, but it's going to happen over the next couple of years. There are going to be teams that finish sub-500 in the Big 12 and get into the NCAA tournament. And I don't think BYU's ever had anything even remotely possible like that through all of their years in the WAC and the Mountain West and the WCC, I I think it's going to take a little bit of getting used to. We're we're all going to have to kind of rewire our brains a little bit for that matter. But I don't think the climb is quite as steep as trying to build up this roster to be a 20-win team, a 25-win team, maybe even approach 30 wins, you know, Mark Pope doesn't have to do that with this team anymore just because of the quality of competition, and the overall metric that he's going to be that he's going to face just for being a member of the big 12. So am I high on this? The argument basketball team, not necessarily. I, I understand where fans are coming at. I think even coach Pope and the players understand where fans are coming at. They're allowed to be fans after all. Uh, but I don't think the climb is quite as big as maybe some are expecting just because of the new level of expectations in, in this conference and how good it is
2: considering what's ahead for the, for the football program, which is played by men, the men's basketball team and not to mention the baseball team should Cougar sports with Ben Criddle switch to exclusive w- women's coverage. Yes. have BYU athletics? Yes, absolutely.
0: absolutely, 100%. That's
2: yeah. That's not even a question. I'm a girl. 100%. Now, so,
0: and I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, like, I've already looked at Livy a little bit longer than than Kai Kai. She's got big hands, Ooh. big outside, feet. Outside hitter, bro. Big hands, big feet, like super long hands, <laughs> like super long fingers. Like she's like two months. I, mean, <laughs> I feel bad for so Kai. Gonna he's going really to be really jealous. Well, Mile Ma- 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 Kai loves ball, loves hoop, like, but he's got little crittle stubby hands, so he's going <laughs> and he loves basketball. I'm like, bro, like the reason what made John Stockton so good, he was a good athlete, yeah, no huge doubt. Hands. massive, just. Go go gadget like banana spider fingers. Just they just wrapped and fell up to basketball. That's why, you know, just mid dribble, he'd just have those one handed dishes everywhere, just feeding everybody. And he was just so accurate, just pinpoint accuracy in his in his shooting. Great defender too. So Liv's got Stockton hands. Well, I wish I, I just gotta I, I would like to I wish I, somehow Livy got bigger hands, you know. So
2: Livy's gonna she could be a hooper. She could be she, I love how you're already doing depending, athletic profiles on your kids when they're too much. We better. We, we're going to have to start
1: I think basketball. I think basketball's an option, Kriddle. You know what I'm also hearing though, and I know this, knowing, knowing you, knowing the athletic but the short-sighted prowess of the mongoose, uh, knowing a little bit about your wife's background, I'm hearing little Liv has all the qualities of a good goalkeeper.
0: Uh, possibly. Possibly. Yeah. So I mean she's I built like this basket. thing with between my 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 wife and I have a kind of like a similar build, like um, you know, in the sense that we got longer torso, shorter legs. So both of these both of these young children are gonna be quick. They're gonna be quick as lightning. They're gonna be mongoose. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They're gonna be dangerous they're over short distances. Dirt, like, they're up. gonna be they're gonna be they're gonna be dangerous over short distances like dwarves of the Lord of the Rings, right? But uh, long distance? Ooh, no, 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 no. So it's going to be interesting. Going to be very interesting. We're going to keep an eye on it. Yeah, future, future ballers <laughs> for uh, for the Coops, no doubt. Anyway, uh, we we gotta uh, we I, I want to let's let's talk some football just here for for a moment because we do have our questions and polls of the day, Sean. Before we let you go, so a couple of the questions that we've been asking Cougar Nation: In your opinion, does TCU have better athletes than Arkansas? Yes or no? Or why or why not?
1: Uh, better overall football players. or offense, offenses, defense, overall. Like where, where, where are we going here, exactly are you, you just I'm seen, saying like, collectively. If we looked
0: it? at, if we looked at recruiting rankings, does Arkansas have just as good of athletes or better the athletes? Does TCU have better athletes or just as good of athletes as Arkansas? TCU versus Arkansas athletes, recruiting, talent the clay that these coaches are working with, right? Because you're going to say, everyone's going to say Jimmy's and Joe's, not X's and O's when it comes to this BYU drubbing. Everyone's going to say it has nothing to do with the coaches. It has everything to do with just the players. Um, And when there's that expanse, if there's a Grand Canyon, a Bryce Canyon of talent gap, then maybe you lose 44 to 11. My Debate is based off of, I think, to Arkansas, and TCU are very similar in athletics, in athle- athletic ability. And it's interesting that BYU got completely demolished versus TCU, but beat Arkansas. Arkansas took it to the wire versus LSU. Uh, need I remind you, in 2017, we didn't even cross the 50-yard line versus LSU because of that talent gap. So, and we had tied Depper on our show. 2015,
1: that's going to be turn the Diego that's an eternity. Though.
0: 2017 was, you know, I know. I'm just saying from a talent standpoint, Long time. Long if you don't time. want to opine exactly. on the debate, feel free not to opine. So, but we're, we're getting so after it today.
1: The, so here's here's the thing. Here's the thing that I will say, though, is, is I, I don't know how they how they stack up just in terms of overall athleticism, but my hunch tells me that at, on the defensive side of the ball, just from, from watching them against BYU, those TCU defensive players are as athletic and maybe more than just straight athleticism as fast as anybody I've seen this year in college football. Um TCU's defensive speed, the way they flew to the ball, the way they the way they their their DBs just just globbed on to BYU's wide receivers and wouldn't let go. That overall team speed was something that I don't think BYU has seen yet. And that includes that arc game. Um, I think there were elements of athleticism that you can certainly make a case, um, for being on par or even greater than TCU with that Arkansas game, particularly a quarterback. You know, Joshua is a great player, but he's not athletic like KJ Jefferson, for example. He beat BYU with the star. Um, whereas KJ Jefferson was always going to try to beat, beat him as a, as a two-way player, as a, as a, a dual threat guy, right? Um, so there are, obviously areas of the field where I think Arkansas was better, was better equipped, was more athletic than the TCU team. But I don't think they quite had that, that perimeter, that defensive perimeter speed um, that TCU had and that they really exploited against a BYU team that was just caught flat-footed. Maybe they were coming in rusty off of a bye week. Maybe they didn't expect it. Maybe it was a problem with the cleats or the turf or whatever it was. I've heard that rumor floating around. I don't know if I totally buy it, but maybe uh, whatever it was, they were somehow flat-footed, and they just couldn't quite handle that that extra dose of speed and athleticism, per- particularly on defense and particularly around the perimeter, that that I think was a was a big key to their undoing.
0: Sean Walker, ladies and gentlemen. Sean, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for hopping on for a little Cougar Beat. Uh Any other gems, any other takeaways from yesterday's media availability with Kalani Shatake and the BYU Cougar football team coming off that loss versus TCU? Do you feel like there was any gems, any takeaways you'd like to chime in on? No,
1: I mean, the big one, I think, was just that there were A lot of guys, players, and coaches that were really, really eager to move on from that TCU game. I I understand diving into the film and and learning from your mistakes and everything, but I think there's just a lot of people that want to move on to the next week and try to get the stank, the taste out of their mouth uh, from that TCU game.
0: Okay, there you go. Got to get the stank out. Got to get the sour taste out of your mouth. Got to move on to greener pastures. Got to not wallow in misery. Uh, my guy, Sean Walker, KSL.com. Read them, follow them. Appreciate you, Sean. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. There you go. That's a Cougar Beat brought to you by Tipanogas Hiking, tipanogashiking.com, 252 North University Avenue. That's 252 North University Avenue in Provo, in the heart of Provo. Check out uh, their store online, tipanogashiking.com, or their brick and mortar in Provo. Mention ESPN 960 for discounts, VIP products, VIP service. G-Man, any thoughts, any takeaways, any follow-up before we move on?
2: Uh, well, the talent thing, if the coaching's on par with what BYU does, and, and you mentioned self-scout in your uh, monologue yesterday, if that's not on point, all the pieces have to be in place for BYU to overcome a team as talented as TCU. What you saw against Arkansas, you saw you saw an offensive line that was largely a mess that BYU was able to exploit to, to take an advantage of. TCU did not have that. So, So I think the grander argument is – if the talent gap B Way's always gonna face that. They're gonna face that with a lot of teams. But if the coaching's on par with what B is presenting, it's trouble. And, and and to me that's the grand point. That that's that's the answer to the debate. Ronald, we have the third, what do you got? So I was
3: looking at the the basketball stuff and uh I am the guy that always has come with hot takes, but I'm telling you, a lot of people are, are looking some type of way at this BYU basketball team, and I think picking them 11 is the perfect spot. But, Ben, I looked at this non-conference schedule and just the returning production, and if you're going to be realistic, BYU can finish the non-conference play at 9-2. and and the only losses you should really take in that are Arizona State when you go to Vegas and San Diego State when they come to the Marriott Center. Every other game you pretty much have at home besides traveling to go to Utah, which is an in-state game. So if you finish 9-2 and two coming out of there, you got nine games at the Marriott Center. I think they can finish 5-4. and four. The losses I have are TCU, Baylor, Houston and Oklahoma State I don't think they will be able to beat those teams But I think they can beat a UCF I think they can beat a Iowa State Who's not really been good the past couple of years And BYU has always been known for knocking off One good team inside the Marriott Center And I got that as Texas Texas fumbles the bag a lot They're very good, they're very well coached But they just always have one down game And then I think they're going to get Kansas State back I think Quez Glover going over there Is really going to make BYU upsetting And them coming back home And Mark Pope is not going to lose that game And then I think they'll beat a team in Cincinnati So if you look at that right there that gives BYU about 14 to 15 wins and then if you get another one on the road potentially or if you don't that's a 15 win team in the Big 12 so I think your recipe right now obviously guys are going to say that you don't want to lose games but if you can take care of your non-conference schedule and come out there with just two losses to a San Diego State and Arizona and you can win five of your nine games at home at the Marriott Center I'm not saying I'm not going to say this team is going to be a tournament team but I don't think this team is going to finish 11th in the Big 12 that's what I'm saying
2: Man, when did TCU get good at basketball? That's just annoying.
0: Well, once again... I, you,
2: you, I miss the TCU in the Mountain West. That was a, an easy out.
0: There's a reason why like Texas and Oklahoma said this many times on the show. They were subsidizing the athletic departments of the rest of the Big 12, and it allowed these athletic departments like TCU and yeah. Iowa State and, and many others to invest into their Olympic sports, and in particular in, B- in, in, in basketball. And then you, you create enough infrastructure, you, you hire enough personnel uh, you bring in talented individuals to to build up your program. All of a sudden, like that, you're able to retain some good talent and develop talent and and win basketball games. That's how it rolls. That's how we go, baby. So, uh, as Cameron Jensen mentioned, who does BYU want to be going forward? As we get that influx of funds, uh, how long will it take to see that impact? Do you think, G-Man? To see kind of oh, a, a revamped, remodeled BYU athletic department.
2: I, wow, that's anyone's guess. I, I'm just wondering if it's ever going to happen. I, that's what I wonder. I, assuming it does happen, I think it can happen very fast.
0: So you're thinking the BYUA is going to be with,
2: with BYU's inherent adva- advantages if it gets on par financially with the big programs. I think you'll see a turnaround very, very quickly.
0: Yeah. Yes, indeed. All right, guys, we're going to go to break. Don't go anywhere. More to get to on a Tuesday edition of Cougar Sports here on your uh, Cougar Sports Insider Radio Network, ESPN 9. <laughs>